you have your Bibles, turn with me, if you would, to 2 Thessalonians, chapter 2. Paul's epistle to the Thessalonians, the second epistle to the Thessalonians, chapter 2. There are certain themes of Scripture that I like to not preach. Now, those of you that don't preach probably don't understand that. But there are certain, certain themes that I don't get excited about preaching. I don't get excited preaching about church leadership. I think that's, a, you know, and how, you, how to treat a pastor. I don't, I, I don't get excited when, when uh, I'm preaching through a book and that's, uh, that's, that's what Paul's talking about. I'm like, oh man, I don't want to preach that. Evangelists are supposed to preach that topic. Uh, I don't mind, but it's not my favorite thing to preach on the home because it gets, it's very controversial when you talk about the home. I don't mind it so much, but um, it's not something that I get excited about preaching about is uh, just, just because everybody has their opinion, and uh, if you don't line up with their opinion, they, they let you know, or at least some do anyways. And so I just have certain themes of the Scripture that that when it's time to preach, I just don't get excited about. And one of those themes, and probably the biggest theme that, theme that I don't get excited about preaching, and it is on the, uh, on the docket for this, for this evening, is on prophecy. Prophecy. And I'll tell you why. The reason I don't like preaching on prophecy is because I prefer to preach what I know. And uh, I, I want, when I preach, I want to preach the truth and as well as I understand it. And uh, so this evening, I won't be preaching 20 Reasons Jesus is Coming in 2020. Um, I don't have a calendar for that. But God has placed many, many passages of prophecy in His Word. And... Uh, important for us to look at them. It's important for us to discuss them. And, and may I just say that if you are adamant that you are right concerning prophecy, you're, you're probably putting your energy in the wrong place. There are a lot of really, really, really smart people, people who had memorized the Old Testament, much, much if not all of the Old Testament, scribes who had spent their life day in and day out, writing and, and, and copying the Word of God, who missed Christ. They did not realize he was, the, he was the promised Messiah. They missed all of the prophecies because they had their formulas, they had it figured out, and because they had it figured out, they missed it. And that would be my caution as we, we dive into this. I may say something you don't like. And, uh, and I'm going to try very hard to stay with what Paul tells uh, the church here at Thessalonica, but um, don't die on this hill. Don't die on this hill. I believe with all my heart the reason that God gives us prophecy is not for us to make calendars, but for us to be able to trust Him when dark days come. And, uh, and so I'd, I'd encourage you to... to Come with with uh, with an open heart, and uh, and if I contradict your favorite uh, preacher uh, on prophecy, I don't mean to. 
I'm just trying to try to stay as faithful to the Word of God that I know how. So I invite you to stand with me for the reading of God's Word. Uh, now I hope I didn't kill the sermon before I started it, but... But I believe there's some good truths here that we need to take into mind. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, and, or, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. And now we know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying and wonders and all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause God send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Father, help us today. Help us not to bring confusion. Help us not to bring uh, dissension or division. But Lord, help us to rightly divide the word of truth. Help us to say what we know and help us to avoid controversy and vain uh, debate. But Lord, help us to be ready when that day comes, when Lord, we must take our stand. May we be bold and courageous in what you've called us to do. We ask these things in your precious name. Amen. You may be seated. For as long as I can remember, as long as, as, as my memory goes back, there have been rumblings of the coming of the Antichrist. I don't know if how old you were in 88. I was seven but Jesus was supposed to come in 88, and 88 reasons. And it, what, I don't remember a whole lot about that. I was seven years old, so I don't, I don't recall much about it. But from what I hear is it took so many of the conservative holiness people in. Took them in. And you know, I don't really blame them. As I think about it, and I realize that their their understanding, you know, they, we set our calendars, and you know, one it, it was uh, some were teaching that there would only be one generation after the reforming of Israel, and and there and that was forty years, and forty years as a generation, and and they got, and I can understand why there would be some excitement, and if you got caught up in that, 
listen, I'm not, I'm not trying to be critical. But of course, that didn't work out, and so he had to come out with 89 reasons. The Lord was coming in 89. He missed it by a year. His math was off a little bit. And you can't blame him. He's a Bible scholar, not a mathematician. <laughs> I guess 89 reasons didn't do as well as 88 reasons. I guess there's a reason for that. <laughs> I'm glad some of you got that. But you know, it didn't stop there. Every time a president get, is elected that is of, shall we say, the wrong party, he's the Antichrist. He's, he's probably the Antichrist. How many, I mean, I can't tell you... Uh, a single time, and let's, I'll just say it, that a Democrat has been elected that I haven't heard somebody say he's probably the Antichrist. I mean, seriously. Folks, the Bible tells us that he, this Antichrist is going to deceive even the very elect. There's a better chance that if he's coming from the American, I'm not sure that he is, but if he's coming from America, he's more likely to be Republican than Democrat <laughs> because that's who we would more likely to fall for because he will fool the very elect. And evangelicals, by and large, in America vote Republican. Whew, that didn't go over very well. Folks, we have got our own ideas. And this is what is so dangerous. And this is what Paul is saying, is, is these people are troubled in their mind because they're, they've got this idea that the Lord is coming back any moment. The Antichrist is showing up any moment now. And, and oh, to be, they're terrified and, and they're not going to work and they're, they're you know, shaking in their boots at home because a Democrat got elected. Or because the wrong governor got in, or, or there's a new pope. That's all oh, that happens too. Every time we get a new pope, yeah, this one could be the Antichrist. I don't know whether or not the Antichrist is going to be Republican or Democrat or Pope or American or Russian or Italian or whatever. We don't know. But there's some things that we do know. There's some things that we do know. We know that God wants us not to have troubled minds. Paul said, don't have a troubled mind. We're not supposed to be worked up over this. Why, why shouldn't we? I mean, what, shouldn't we all be on edge? I mean, this great, horrible person is going to be taking the world by storm. It, uh, it, shouldn't, we, uh, you know, shouldn't we be terrified of, of, of this Antichrist? I mean, certainly we should. I mean, it just makes sense, right? We should all be terrified. And Paul says, now wait a minute. There's no reason to be terrified about it. Because one thing is the Holy Spirit is restraining the wickedness that even is starting then. Paul's saying even in that day, the wickedness had already started. This process of the Antichrist was already in motion. But the Holy Spirit's restraining him. And thank God he is. 
Thank God He is. And you know there have been times that the Holy Spirit has permitted evil men. And, as far, and mostly, mostly it's been men who have risen up and have done horrific, terrible things. And do you know what's scary? Is when they do it in the name of God and they get a following. Much of the church in Germany supported Hitler. Much of the church supported him. Much of the church in the South supported the Ku Klux Klan. And we can go on and on about the church supporting apartheid in, in South Africa. We can, we can just go down the list of how the church has fallen in in some of these terrible people. And if these little antichrists, and that's what, what John calls them in Revelations, if these little antichrists can confuse and, and cause the church to fall under their spell, how much more so this great antichrist? Folks, I'm just being honest with you this, more, this evening that, that when the Antichrist comes, there's going to be holiness folk who are going to follow after him. I hate to say that. I hate to say that. I, I'd love to tell you that we'll be prepared and we'll be ready and, and we'll have our, 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 our lamps trimmed and burning and, and we're not going to fall for that. But the, the fact of history has told us that when the political pressure is on, the church gives in, by and large. Thank God for those that have stood and resisted. Thank the Lord for the Bonhoeffers who stood against Hitler. Thankful for the Quakers and the others who stood against the Ku Klux Klan. Thankfully, there have been those of the church that haven't been swayed and pulled apart by, by, the, by the little Antichrist. But, but the Bible makes it very clear that the very elect, those who are saved, those who God has called out, are going to be tripped up going to be tripped up. But God says, listen now, don't you have a troubled mind over this? You say, well, why shouldn't I? That's terrifying what you just said. Because the Holy Spirit is still constraining. Still constraining this one. Not only is the Holy Spirit constraining him, but the Lord himself is going to consume this Antichrist. We have to understand that no matter how powerful or how great or how mighty this Antichrist is, that God is greater than him. And he may sit on the throne of God. He may sit in the temple. I don't, and folks, let me just be honest. I don't know if this is a real temple. I don't know if this is a physical temple. I don't know if it's in Jerusalem. I keep getting people telling me that they're going to build the temple. They've been telling me that for 20 years. I don't know if it's a physical, real temple. Prophecy is not predictable like that. All we know is this man is going to sit down in the place of God. And people are going to be okay with that. 
And not only God, our God, but he's going to sit in the place of all that is worshipped. You know what that tells me? It means the Buddhists are going to follow after him, and the Muslims are going to follow after him. And it means that, that the, the spiritualists and, and, the, and the, the, those that practice witchcraft are going to follow after him. We're going to have ourselves a, a whole world of people and a whole world of faiths that are going to get all excited about this one person who's going to be worshipped. And do you know what? Good godly principles are going to get confused right here. I want to be careful when I say this because I, I believe this. I believe what the message, but I also believe it's a dangerous message. You know, a true message can be dangerous. Because all you have to do is take it a lot of context. All you got to do is push it a little too far. Truth can be, can be twisted. I'm sure you've all seen those bumper stickers that say coexist. Have the, have the different symbols of the different religions. The T is the cross, and I don't remember what all, but they've got the yin and the yang, and they got uh, the Muslim signal and the Jewish uh, symbol and all that on, on that coexist bumper sticker. And you know what? We should. We should be able to coexist. We shouldn't be killing each other. But what that doesn't mean is that we, that we accept that their, their, their faith is just as equal as ours. There's a difference between the Muslim faith and the Christian faith. And I don't know that I have any, any percentage in, that I could even think of a Muslim getting to heaven following that faith. There's so much anti-God in it that I just can't see. I, I just don't see how there's enough. There's so much lie in there. I don't know if there's enough truth to help anyone to get in. I'm not saying that God in his mercy and his goodness can't do it, but I keep hearing stories of people who are calling out to God and God is showing up in their dreams. Jesus is showing up and saying, I'm the one you're seeking. But on that day, that message of coexist is going to be twisted from truth into a lie that is going to damn many. It won't just be coexist, it'll be co-equal, co-joining together and around this one who has brought us together. And that's scary. Because you know what? It's awfully attractive. It's awfully attractive. You know, we've been lamenting about the falling away of our young people away from the church. And, and, and I've, as I've been studying this and, and seeing how few people are going to church, but do you know what's going up? Spiritualism. Spiritualism, they want to be spiritual, but they, want to, they don't want to have an organized religion. And our young people are buying it up. They can be spiritual, but they don't want to be a part of legalistic churches that, that say things are right and things are wrong. They just want to have a relationship with God without any of the rules and regulations. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. He didn't say, if you love me, have nice feelings. Go into nature and, and uh, smoke a peace pipe. I'm not trying to make fun of them. I'm just trying to help us understand that 
people who say, I can worship God anywhere and I don't need a church. And I don't. Folks, they're, they're, they're lying to themselves. It's the age, it is the message and the lie of the Antichrist. We don't need rules and regulations. We don't need all these barriers. We just need to feel good while we worship a higher power. And that'll be the message of the Antichrist. And it'll be attractive to the church. It's going to be attractive. But our God's greater. Our God's greater. He's going to sit up on, his, on that throne. And he's going to mock God. And he's going to challenge God and the Holy Spirit is going to let him. You know, you and me, we wouldn't do it. That's not how we like to do things. But for some reason, God allows for others to just, to, it just seems like God is always waiting for the cup of iniquity to get full. How many days was it? 30 days that Goliath came out and defied the armies of God and defied God himself? 30 days God let, it, it let it, Goliath blaspheme his name and God didn't do anything about it. But finally God sent David and said, enough's enough, the cup is full. The cup is full. Goliath, I've given you 30 days. And for 30 days, all you've done is mock my people and mock my name. It's a, today's it. You're going to stand before me in judgment. Abraham, as he's traveling through the, the land of the Canaanites, the Lord says, I'm going to give you this land, but the cup of iniquity isn't full yet. It isn't full yet. I can't give it to you right now. I can't have these people destroyed. I can't, I can't uh, uh, defeat them now because their cup of iniquity isn't full yet. I don't know what that means. All I know is that God has a level of grace that he has set for each one of us. And for some in ignorance, they, get, uh, they seem to get a, a bigger cup than those that have light and have turned their backs on it. But the cup got full. And God's judgment came in the form of an army out of, out of Egypt. God will put up with His name being blasphemed. He'll put up with iniquity for a season. And the Holy Spirit will hold back He'll hold back and allow the Antichrist to do what he's going to do and say what he's going to say and, and, and just do all sorts of atrocities in the name of God. But his cup will get full. And folks, that's why we don't need to be troubled in our minds is because that we know that when God has had enough, and I don't know if we're going to be here or not, I don't know. I, I know people are pre-trib and post-trib and, and mid-trib and, and that 
and a whole bunch of other things. But, but folks, whether we're here or not, the good news for us is that, in the, that while they're suffering and while he's, he's putting his, his uh, thumb down on those who, who won't believe in him and won't uh, bow down to him, there's going to come a time that God says, it's enough. When Hitler's cup of iniquity was full, he committed suicide. God says, you're going to stand in front of me as the Russian army was closing in on him. When God says that the iniquity, the cup of iniquity is full, there is not a power on earth that can hold him back. Let me say that again, that there's not a power on earth or in hell that can hold him back. And on that day, when God says enough is enough, the Lord is going to consume him with his mouth. I don't know what that means, but I, but I have this picture. I have this picture of God, the one who, who uh, formed this earth with the power of his voice, by the power of his word. When he said, let there be light, there was light. When he said, let there be dry uh, ground, there was dry ground. The same God, he's going to say, enough! He's going to be consumed. So we might tremble in fear and we might, we might uh, have remember preaching that, that causes us to have nightmares. And, and I'm certainly trying to avoid that tonight. Because I don't believe in a message of fear for the church. I believe Paul's message was, don't be troubled in your mind. Be confident. Be courageous, church. Because when God says enough, it doesn't matter the power of Satan. It doesn't matter that this man has has performed miracles and signs and wonders. It doesn't matter that he's sitting up on a throne in a temple. It doesn't matter who's believing in him and who's not believing in him. When God says it's enough, it's enough. Folks, when I, think about, when I think about the Antichrist, I'm not shaking. I am encouraged because I know that when Satan's greatest weapon is revealed, it's going to prove to be inferior to God. And that's what's exciting about the message that Paul is telling us about uh, the Antichrist. It's not be terrified of Satan's greatest weapon. It's, like, it's, it's, it's more like church, you and I, we're facing little Antichrist. And we're facing little problems. And when Satan brings out the biggest bomb he's got, his greatest wickedness, in fact, so wicked that King James has capitalized the word wicked, at least in my Bible, the ultimate and wicked and God's just going to consume him like a taco. <laughs> He's going to consume him with his mouth. That does something for me. I don't know if it does anything for you. But I, I don't know if I'm going to be around when that happens. I don't know if the Antichrist is coming in my lifetime or, or, or not for another thousand years. I don't know. But what I do know is that Satan's greatest weapon is nothing compared to the voice of God. Amen. Wow. God's not even going to have to roll up his sleeves. <laughs> He's 
not going to have to bring out the hammer. <laughs> he's not going to have to bring out swords and shields and all that stuff. He's going to consume him with his mouth. That's how much more powerful our God than the enemy is. All God has to do is speak the word. And Satan's greatest weapon in all of human history is going to be consumed. Well, I'm not troubled one bit tonight. <laughs> you can worry about your calendars and your dates. You can worry about your, uh, whether we're going to be here or not for it. You can worry about all that stuff. But folks, I'm just going to believe that God's able to keep those who want to be kept. And I don't believe we've got to fall for the lie. Because God has already revealed to us what the lie is. He's already told us that the lie is that we could be like God. That we're going to find pleasure in unrighteousness. You know, the Antichrist is going to say, you know those rules that, that you've always kept, you don't have to do them anymore. We already know the lie. Now, have we seen people who have fallen for that lie? Sure. There's people that I went to Bible college that... that they fell right into that lie. And they'd, they'd say, you know, I'm as happy as I've ever been. I'm so happy living the, uh, uh, this way of, uh, of not being under the bondage of God's laws. But I, I've lived long enough. I've been graduated from Penn View for too long. But I've come enough to see the end of some of those relationships and some of those scenes. And I tell you that every one of them has come to a place where they're sorrier than they've ever been. God's already told us what the lie is. God's already revealed it to us. And I'm concerned. I'm concerned when, when the big Antichrist hasn't even shown up and already people are leaving, our, uh, leaving us over this lie. I'm concerned when, when people are looking for easier ways to get to heaven and all that matters is getting to heaven. Folks, it's more important to live in good relationship and obedience with Christ than it is to get the easiest way to heaven. If you can get to heaven going an easier way, I'm not... Fine, I, I'm happy you can get to heaven that way. I'm thankful for God's grace to let you get in that way. But folks, I'm just not wanting to have a broken relationship with God here and have this kind of in and out thing playing around the edges. Because when you play around the edges, Amen. when you play around the edges, you often slip. You often slip. And when this Antichrist comes, you will slip. Because it's going to sound so good. I believe he's going to quote scripture at us. He, uh, Satan did with Jesus. I believe he's going to quote the Bible. He's going to quote the Koran. He's going to quote uh, Buddha. He's going to quote whoever it is that, that, that people are, are after. And he's going to show how he is the embodiment of all the faiths. And the people who've been believing a lie, they're just going to eat it right up. And you don't want, I know you don't want to believe me, but you talk to some of our young people, you talk to some of those that have left us, and you ask them if they believe what they believe. And they all, they'll, almost all of them will say, we, we're all just going to go to heaven together. All the different faiths, we're all just going to go. And this guy, that's going to be the message. 
but I'm not troubled one bit because God has revealed that if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. He's revealed the truth. The lie that Satan started with Eve is the same lie he's going to tell the people, you're going to be as God. You get to choose what's right, you get to choose what's wrong. Isn't that the message of our day with postmodernism? That, that what's true for you is, is fine and what's true for me is fine. And I'm, a, and I'm, not, I, I'm just a little bit concerned about, about the way the direction of the world's going because it seems like we are setting the world up for an easy transition to the Antichrist. But I want to give you good news this evening. There's still a remnant of godly people that have been praying and have been living right. And the Holy Spirit on their behalf has been restraining. <laughs> has been restraining the Antichrist. And I believe with all my heart. That is, if we're, willing to, if we're willing to stand for what's right and what's true, we're not going to fall on that day. He'll put on his signs and his wonders. He'll perform his miracles. I remember when I was a kid, we were, I was watching a TV show. I don't remember what show it was. But I remember the kid had come home. He was all excited. He had, I think he'd gotten a B or a C on his, on his test, and he didn't even study. You never tell him that, that. Especially if you didn't get an A. And I remember the dad says, what if some guy comes around here and says, says that he's, he's, the, he's Jesus? He goes, well, I wouldn't believe that. He says, now that's a C answer. He said, what you need to do is you need to fill a bathtub. The boy says, fill a bathtub? What do you mean fill a bathtub? He says, fill a bathtub and see if he walks on the water. and Then, he, then you'll know whether he's Jesus or not. And that was the big funny thing. But as I've thought about it, it's stuck in my mind all these years. It's probably, I don't know, been 30 years since I've seen that show. But you know what I've realized? The Antichrist is going to be able to walk on water if that's what it takes. In fact, it says that he's going to receive a mortal wound. And it's going to at least appear, if, he, if it isn't exactly the case, but it's going to appear that he rose from the dead. That's what Revelation tells us. He's going to fool a lot of people. He's going to fool a lot of people with his signs and wonders. Folks, filling a bathtub is, is, is not going to be what, what's going to take to know whether this is right. You're going to need to know, does what he say align with the word of God? That's what the question is going to be. It's not whether he can walk on water or turn water into wine or whether he can raise himself from the dead or raise other people from the dead. It's not the people that can heal the sick and the lame that's going to prove that he's the Messiah. It says, his, does his word match up with the word of God? Folks, it's up to us. It's up to us whether we're going to have a troubled mind or a sober mind. Whether we're going to be worry warts and have nightmares over the Antichrist or whether we're just going to believe that our God is greater. Paul said, I want you to have an untroubled mind. I don't want you troubled over these things because there's no reason to be. 
I can't set a calendar for you, and I can't tell you whether it's pre-millennial, post-millennial, ah-millennial. I can't tell you pre-trib, mid-trib, or post-trib. I I, I don't have any use for, for those calendars. But what I do have use for is to know that my God is able to keep me no matter what happens, and that when the cup of iniquity is full, whether it's seven literal years or whether those years are figurative or whether or it's something else and we just totally don't understand it, but whatever the situation is, whatever re- the truth of what hap- will happen does happen, that our God is able to keep us in the midst of it all. And as you go to your place of work or your, or your home this week you're, and you're doing, going about doing your, the things that you need to do, I hope you have an untroubled mind because our God is greater than anything this world can throw at us. Our God is greater. Let's stand together. Amen. Brother Alex, dismiss us in prayer.